This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Donna Marathon Weekend, which is happening the weekend of February 6th in Jacksonville, Florida. This will be my fourth year going down to Jacksonville for the Donna Marathon Weekend. It is a wonderful race that supports the Donna Foundation, which helps people walking through a breast cancer diagnosis and also funds groundbreaking research. This race starts and finishes on the beach. The course is not in the sand, though. Don't worry. You can run fast on this course, or you can just run for fun, which is what I usually do at this race. We are going to have a fun meetup while we're down there. I'm actually bringing my whole family this year, and I'm really excited about that. Get it on your calendar. We are 16 weeks away, so you have plenty of time to train for the half or the full. Go to breastcancermarathon.com and use the code Lindsay10, that's Lindsay10, to save 10% off any of the Donna Marathon events. There's also a Mother's Day race in May that you should definitely check out. The weekend of February 6th, there is a 5K, a relay event, there's all kinds of challenge events, and there's a half marathon and a marathon, so something for everyone. All right, today's episode episode 342 and I'm talking with Emma Bates who just placed second at the Chicago Marathon in a time of 2:24:20. What a great race out of Emma. So exciting to see her execute that race so well. Uh, this was Emma's fifth marathon. She actually ran Chicago in 2019 in 2:25:27 where she placed fourth. So a big deal to grab a podium spot this year. She's going to tell us all about the race and how she executed that, what it's been like joining Team Boss and working with Joe Bossard as her coach. Emma is sponsored by ASICS, and she gives them a little love in this episode as well. I'm so happy for Emma and excited to see where her career is going. But Emma, you celebrate this victory. You celebrate this second place in Chicago and this PR on a very hot day. All right, friends, if you do like this podcast, if you like it at all, please leave us a quick rating interview so that potential new listeners can find us. It takes about, I don't know, 60 seconds. So hit pause and just head over and do that real quick. I would appreciate it so very much. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Emma Bates. All right, Emma, welcome to the show. We've got Emma Bates on the podcast. Welcome back, Emma. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for having me yet again. Where are you? What are you doing? I'm looking at your kitchen background wondering where you're at. (laughs) I'm in my, my studio apartment. There's not a lot of space in here. It's like 400 square feet. So I'm sorry you're just staring at, you know, cabinets and a fridge, but, um, this is the best lighting and kind of online, um, you know, Wi-Fi that I can get in my tiny little space here in Boulder, Colorado. (laughs) I love it. Well, you know, I'm in, we just moved to North Carolina and we, this house has three bedrooms, technically four, the fourth is 
I don't know how they call it a bedroom really. But anyway, all four of our kids sleep in the same room. And so now I'm like, we are a two bedroom, two office household because I want my own office. So I'm sitting in my, I just bought myself a desk for the first time. Oh, it makes such a big difference having your own space. I've been popping around the house. Yeah. For years. Like I'll be doing an interview on my bed at the kitchen table, like everywhere. And I'm like, I have my own office. That's technically supposed to be one of my kids' bedrooms, but here we are. Nah, nah. It's all for mama. Yep. You're doing it right. (laughs) Well, congratulations. How are you feeling? I'm good. Yeah, I, I'm still getting my voice back. It was a lot, of, a lot of yelling and a lot of just excitement. So it's finally nice to be back in Boulder and kind of be chill and, you know, kind of recover as much as I can right now. But it was it was such a wild ride. It was so much fun. You like seriously, when you were finishing that race, you just looked so happy, you know, like you knew you did it when you come up the little hill the little hill that probably doesn't feel little at the end of Chicago Marathon, but then you come around the corner, which thank God they finally put the cameras on you. Yeah, I heard. I heard about that. Yeah, I had no idea. Oh my gosh, I was going crazy. I was like, what is happening with the women's race? And I wasn't, for some reason, wasn't tracking. I was trying to like just watch watch on TV, but you just looked so elated, like just joy on your face. Well, and at that point, I still didn't really know what place I was in. Like, you don't know until you cross the finish line because it's like maybe somebody miscounted. Like my coach Joe was like telling me like, oh, you're moving into third, you're moving into second. But like, I don't know, like they were so far ahead of me the whole time that I didn't know. So even crossing the finish line, I I was putting up the twos, but I was like, (laughs) is this this what I'm supposed to be doing? Are you sure I got second? You sure? So, um, at that point, then, then I realized and it finally flooded in and, but I was just so happy to be crossing the finish line of Chicago again, and not only crossing the finish line, but crossing the finish line in a PR. Like at that point I knew I was, I was still running really fast. So I was just over the moon. So yeah, the smile was just for that reason, just finishing a marathon yet again. Chicago's your course now, apparently. Yeah, yeah. had some good times there. (laughs) Yeah, because it was 2019 when you ran 225.27. That was fourth place, wasn't it? Or was it fifth? Yep, yep, fourth place. Fourth place, okay. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could say you were relatively like green with marathoning at that point. You know, like you debuted in 2018. So going into this race after having... Maybe not the easiest year in your professional running career the past year. What was your mindset going into it? Um, the biggest thing was just being so excited to be in a like a normal race again, especially a world major. You know, I ran Marathon Project in December, but it was just elites. You know, there wasn't going to be like this huge scene of atmosphere and energy. So that was what I was looking forward to most was just like being amongst all these like crazy people that like to go run 26.2 miles for fun. You know, like there's just something so special about being amongst, you know, people that have the same values and, you know, have really big goals that they want to um, accomplish as well. So um, I just really wanted to soak it all in as much as I could, regardless of what my place or position was. Um, I, I wanted to place in the top three. That was that was the goal. But like the, the main thing was just like getting in here and like having a good experience again, because it had been a while since I had had a good race in my eyes. So um, just just really trying to relish and just having fun and and really, you know, just I don't know, just 
falling in love with with the sport again it's you fall not in and out of love but there's just some ebbs and flows and you're like am I am I doing the right thing am I still like you know on the right track here so that was that was really nice for it to be kind of validated that I am I'm doing the right thing and on the right path and you know in the right place with the right people yeah I totally am like looking at the path of your career trajectory until now and I can see how that story would play out in your head. Like you come out, you debut the marathon in 228, you win CIM, like a big deal. And so it feels like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And you were arguably like one of the favorites to make the Olympic team in the marathon. And I know that was a disappointing day for you. (laughs) The track trials, you weren't super happy with that. So I can imagine how a day like this, would just be like so much, I don't know if redemption is the right word, but like you did what you've been setting out to do for these last few years. Yes, yes. I mean, it it's hard because like looking from an outside perspective, it, it seems like I've had a really good career, but like when you have such high goals for yourself and you believe in yourself so much and to fall short of those goals, it can be really defeating. And I think that's what is so hard about this sport. It's so mental and just trying to get your your head right and, you know, know that it's going to come around for you um, is, is probably the hardest thing. And, you know, it's, it's maybe... 10% physical, but 90% of it is mental and like showing up every single day and knowing that, you know, it, it could not pan out if you even try as hard as you can every single day, it may just not happen for you. So um, that's daunting. And, you know, you have to get past that and you have to like get out the door and be like, no, this is, you know, I'm doing this for me and I am just going to keep chipping away at it and believe that I just need to trust this process and trust that it's going to come around again. And um, I I was very lucky to be amongst people that believed in me. So when I didn't believe in myself, they kind of took the reins on that. And and that's something that I, I just can't, you know, I, I'm so appreciative to have such a community and such a village to to build me up when I when I can't do that. Okay, let's talk about that village. You joined Team Boss in February. I love that you called Laura Thweet. She is one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. Like, so fun. She's She's so so much fun to interview. And she was one of those interviews that were like, not that I didn't think she would be amazing, but like I was so pleasantly, overwhelmingly surprised. I was like, I want to be best friends with this girl. (laughs) That's exactly how I felt upon meeting her. I was like, can we be best friends? (laughs) So fun. (laughs) And so when I talked to her, it was in February of this year at the 25th, Oh, 15 K champs. Um, I was like, I really am interested in moving to Boulder. And she just like, you could tell she was like, wait, what? <laughs> Give <laughs> me like, a have... training partner. I'm like, wait, are you excited? And she's like, of course I'm excited. And so we were just like having this back and forth of like, oh my gosh, you want to train with me? No, I want to train with you. I want to be your friend. And so it was just such an easy, easy choice just with her, just like the prospect of, you know, having her as a teammate and training partner and friend. And just knowing that even if like I step away from the life that I've known in Boise, that she, you know, I was going to have somebody there that's going to be, you know, on my side and, and cheering me on along the way. And then you call Joe and then you say, ultimately, the the people on the team decide is Emma for us. That's, it feels like a dating game. Like, am I going to get it rejected? Do they like me? 
Yeah, so the girls of Team Boss definitely run the show. Um, and I love that Joe cares so much. The rest of the team also just cares so much about the dynamic. It's all about like whether or not, it doesn't matter how fast you are. It's all about just if you mesh well with the energy and just the personalities on the team. And so I, I wasn't sure because I only knew a couple people on the team previously and we would just been competitors um, like Dominique Scott. And um, so I wasn't, I wasn't, I was a little hesitant about like, you know, if Joe isn't sh like sure if they're going to accept me, are they going to accept me? But once I stepped into the team and like started talking to everybody, it just felt so right. And like, there was just like this back and forth of just excitement. And I felt just so welcomed. And it's just like, they, they just had open arms for me. And I, I am so grateful for that because it just made my life just so much easier in the transition and all the hard things that I had gone through. It just kind of like swept that all away. And this was in front of me and just like the joy and just happiness of, of being around them just made my life so much easier. I mean, I don't I don't know how you could like transition like that without a group of people to be there for you and like you acknowledging and knowing like I can't do this by myself is a really mature thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's weird at this point in time of your career too. And also like transitioning during a really hectic time of like, you know, the uh, track trials and everything. Yeah. Um, so that, that was definitely like maybe not the best timing, but I knew that I needed to immerse myself into a community that, that felt like it was going to kind of get me out of the funk that I was in. And it just, they're, just watching them through social media and just hearing from other people, like what amazing people they were. I was like, the, this is what I want to be a part of. And just like their, their goals and their aspirations are just so amazing. And just being around them, you can just feel yourself getting better and better every day, not just on the track or on the, on the course, but just in general, just in life. So um, yeah, I'm just so happy to be a part of them. Yeah, I feel like it's trending more towards like these groups. And I always kind of go back to like Amy Craig's group out here because I I love what they've done and in, in the way that they've um decided like this isn't going to be just about running. We want to be in a place where our athletes can feel like holistically supported. Their their partners, like their family life too is just as important and I feel like Team Boss has been doing that for a long time. Yeah, and you can sense that too. And I think that it really speaks volumes when there's not one sponsor too. You're just having all these different people from different events and different, you know, um, shoe companies coming together because they want to be together. You know, like at this point in our lives, like we all love running so much and are so passionate about it. And so we're not like forced to train together. Like we actually really enjoy each other's company and love going to brunch together and doing all these other things together. Like we're best friends in real life, you know, like we're not just business associates. It's, it's really, it's really, really nice to like have that outside just support because I mean, it's, it's a full-time job. Like it really is. And so you have to keep that into perspective. And I didn't want to be forced into a team that I, it just didn't feel right. So I, I appreciate ASICS so much for, you know, supporting my decision to join them as well, because, you know, a lot of other uh, sponsorships kind of kind of force you into into a group that doesn't necessarily, you know, going to going to mesh well with your with your personality or your your running aspirations. ASICS was looking good on the podium in Chicago. Yeah. Yes. You and Sarah. 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Um, I just love to make ASICs proud because they have supported me so much through, especially this year. Um, you know, they they told me that, you know, even if I don't race this year, that they're going to be there for me. And I thought that was just really, really profound. And that, that changed everything for me. Um, and to know that there was no pressure, you know, to, to, perform and they weren't going to reduce me like that is that's unheard of you know in this sport so um but I for my own sanity I needed to to keep training for things because that's that's what really keeps me going every single day and for for me to get out there and for Sarah to get out there and take two and three is is I just am really happy for a6 in that in that respect did you say anything to Sarah when you passed her um I think I just said good job. It was like, you know, I don't, I didn't want to be patronizing kind right, of thing. Right. Like, oh, uh, it, it's hard at that point because I know that she was struggling so, so much. And so um, it was just like a quick exchange. And then I saw her at the finish line and I could tell that she, she had a really hard day. And, but um, just so amazing to like share in, in the, the podium with her because uh, I know she gave it all out there. Man, did she. That's I yeah. love I love seeing Sarah race because you know that she is just like go into the to the well. Right. It's all or nothing. And you have to respect that. That is amazing. Like that she can do that every single time she steps out onto the course. It's it's really something to to aspire to. And so hopefully um I can kind of learn how to put it a little more out there instead of just kind of like smiling and waving. Oh. <laughs> but I think that that just showed that you executed that race. So, so smart. And one of the things Joe said on Instagram was that you managed your energy and emotions throughout that race, which is really hard to do when you're like so physically fit and trained to run a really fast time, but it's going to be freaking 75 at the start and 80 degrees when you're finishing. So how did you do that? I mean, I just trusted that, like, I mean, Joe just kept telling me to be methodical and patient. Like, you can't, people are going to suffer very, very deeply if they go out too hard. And so he knows, you know, we're still learning so much about each other, like the dynamic and how, how good I am or how good I can be. But he he wanted me to be conservative this time because it was, it was going to be, you know, it was going to be a hard, hard day. So um, it was... I was trying to go through halfway at 72 minutes, so 224 pace, but it just didn't feel right at a certain point. It was around mile 10 that I was like, I can't, this doesn't, this, it seems like I'm, I'm working a little too hard at this point in the race. You know, maybe the latter stages, that's fine. But so I had to take a step back from the pacer and Kira at that time we were together, but I was just like, they need to go. And so I turned to Joe because I saw him again. And when Kira was quite a bit ahead of me and I just wanted to assure him, like they are going too fast. Mm. Like I'm good. I'll be okay. But like, I can't do this right now. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. You're totally fine. Like just keep going. Like, I think he trusted me and I trusted the the process of, of what we kind of wanted to execute. But then I started to get nervous because I'm like, well, what if she doesn't come back to me? What if I, you know, just this is where I lose the race kind of thing. And so it, it got a little scary, but then all of a sudden, I mean, the marathon is weird because you have some ups and downs and, you know, all the way arounds, but but <laughs> again, and so I started picking up, I think I dropped like a five ten um, at mile like 14. So right after halfway and then just didn't look back and just started 
going and going and going, had so much momentum. And the more people you pass, it's just more energy that you have. And just passing, you know, Joe and my teammates so many times, they were all over the course, by the way. Like, I don't know how they got from point A to point B. It was crazy. But every time I saw them, they were getting more and more excited. And so to have that excitement was getting me excited, giving me more energy. And that's that's just how it, like, that's how the race went. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. They could probably, they can see the look on your face, your form compared to the people that you're kind of chasing down and you look so fluid and smooth. How do you handle like that scared moment though, where you're like, I know I need to do this for my body, but like, what if? Yeah. I mean, you just have to run off of feel in the marathon so, so much. And you have to know yourself really, really well. And I think all of the training that I've done, especially when you do training by yourself, you really do run within yourself because, you know, you you make the you make the pace, you set the pace. And so um, I think just looking back and kind of reflecting on the, the big workouts that you've had or long runs that you've had and kind of what what changed in you then and kind of bringing that to the table during the marathon. And that was, I mean, just thinking like, you know, just one foot in front of the other is like kind of breaking it down and into step by step and, you know, just focus on this mile. I think mindfulness is honestly the only way that I've ever gotten through, you know, big, big long runs and, and, and marathons, because, um, you can't think of, you know, the, the miles ahead of you, it's just going to be too daunting and too scary. And so just really, bring yourself into the moment and really be honest with yourself with how you're feeling. And if it's, if you're not pushing yourself hard enough, push a little harder at that point. But um, also know that like, you need to, you need to know yourself and you need to know that that energy level is not going to be expended in that moment. Um, And so I think it definitely helps running. Um, This is my fifth marathon. And so you kind of, you kind of get a feel for it after a while, you know, um, And so I think that helps a lot. But uh, yeah, just mindfulness is the way that I get through most things. How hot did it really feel? It was, uh, it was quite hot from like mile two. Uh, I mean, it was like warming up was like, do we even need to warm up? And most of the time when you're at a starting line of a marathon, I mean, you, uh, you just, are trying to stay warm and like you have all these clothes on well we were all just sitting on the ground just waiting for this thing to get going and just like trying to cool ourselves off putting water on ourselves i had never taken water um in a marathon before i had never grabbed water cups on the side before because i mean it's been so cold and so every time i crossed the water stations i was i was taking five or six cups and dumping them on myself right away and i had never drinking water drink drink <laughs> I never drank water during a marathon before. Um, I had always just done like gels and carb drink and stuff like that. So, but I knew like for this race, cause it was going to be so hot that you're going to start cramping. And so electrolytes and water are going to be essential. And so that was weird was just like putting, you know, water in my water bottles and instead of, you know, the carb drink and stuff, that was going to be the biggest issue was I think just like losing so much electrolytes. Do you feel like you nailed the nutrition? I did. And I, I think that I, I definitely have a good feel for the the next few marathons. Like I probably won't need as much water next time, but, um, yeah, I'm so happy. This is the first time that I haven't had stomach issues. And so, I mean, three out of the four marathons I've done before I've thrown up during. And so 
This was this was a big day. This was like we're figuring it out. <laughs> and on such a hot day too, because those are the days yeah. when you think you'd throw up. Um, exactly. So so two twenty four twenty, and on a hot hot day, how excited does that make you for like what you can produce on like a fifty degree day? Right. I didn't realize until like reflecting on the race how good that was because everybody else that has like PRs way way faster than me ran you know five minutes slower than than those times at least and so that gets me super excited that like I can I'm in the realm of a pretty pretty good company here if I can you know pull off this kind of race on a on a really nice condition day so it's it's definitely a career changer for sure okay so we have CIM the Marathon Project, Chicago Marathon, the Trials, and the Chicago, right? Yes. Those yes. are your five marathons. That's the five. Okay. Do you prefer, do you think you prefer a flatter, faster course or like something with some hills? Um, I, I don't know yet. And I, cause the trials was so weird. Um, it just, yeah, I would like to run that course again just to see what I can do because I do, I do like hills and other races, not so much the downhill CIM, my quads after those downhills were just destroyed. So I think maybe some undulating, like some New York hills might yes. be okay. Yeah. I think I would love to do New York for sure. And Boston. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously I run New York totally different than you would run New York as an amateur here. But like that course to me is so much fun with the like ups and downs because you're getting enough relief with the downhill to like recover and the uphills weren't as scary as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, yeah. And it just keeps it exciting. I don't know. There's something to like look forward to like, oh, now I can get some downhill action and like it changes up the muscles going uphill too. like staying on flat. I mean, you just doing the same thing. Uh-huh. over and over. And so, yeah, no, I, I would like to try the hills. Yeah. OK, so what are you most excited about moving forward with Team Boss and the new setup that you have? Um, just so much. Like I, I just love the, the support that everybody has for each other. And like, it doesn't matter whether or not you, you understand their event, like you're just behind them 100%. And so this fall for them is just going to be really like about base training. And so this is kind of the fun time to like be a little more relaxed. And so we're all kind of going to be in the same boat. So I'm really happy about that, that we're not all going to be like intense at the same time, especially, um, I had to be intense during their like break. So that was really hard to do as well. Yeah, it's kind of going to be nice to be like a little more on the same page with them. I think we're all going to kind of ramp back up in the spring. I'll probably do a marathon. They'll start going on the track. And so, um, yeah, just like just getting to know them more and more and just kind of seeing their their quirks and all that stuff. Do you think you and Laura will be able to sync up and like train for the same marathon? Um, so Sarah's or I mean, Laura's not on the, the team anymore. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's very recent. Okay, but, I should know but that, though. He, she's my very best friend here. So, like, we are going to run together all the time. And I'm going to New York City Marathon with her. I'm going to be, like, her little personal assistant and help her, like, navigate, like, going to a marathon when you're, like, an elite. There's just so many, like, obligations and all these things. So I'm going to try to take some of that off her plate and help her out. And so I'm so excited for her. I mean, how fun is that going to be? Like, you – those are always the best. Like, your mission has been accomplished. Yeah, you you did the work and now you get to like enjoy just being there and like doing all the things and celebrating and watching and cheering. 
Yes, yes. That is like, I just want to be a spectator at a marathon. I've never like actually gone to a marathon and been a spectator. So like, this is a very big moment for me. And like, hopefully I'll be running the New York City Marathon in, sometime in the future. So it'll give me a good feel for it too. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank Prevenex for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you are looking for a place to get your multivitamins, vitamins for your kids, protein powder, joint supplements, they have it all. Their products are clean. They're effective. They're clinically proven to work. And I'm telling you, my kids actually beg for the kids' vitamins. They love them. We use their protein powder every day in this house. The Neurofy Plus. I sneak in all kinds of healthy... I don't sneak. They know. Actually, my kids make these protein shakes with me that I drink and they drink. But we put kale and spinach and bananas and frozen fruit and a scoop or two of the vanilla protein powder. No artificial flavors or preservatives and it tastes delicious. What I love about their protein powder is it has all kinds of vitamins and minerals included in the blend. And then I'm gonna tell you the Joint Health Plus, if you are having any sort of joint pain or you wanna use a preventative supplement for that, I have had so many people reach out and tell me Joint Health Plus has helped them. I take it every day, my joints feel great. It offers the most comprehensive and complete joint protection on the market. Check out what they have to offer. You can just get on a subscription plan, get your vitamins delivered to your door like everything else we do in life. Go to Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER, and that will save you 15% off your order. All right. Thanks, Pravenex, for supporting this episode of the podcast. Back to my conversation with Emma Bates. Okay. Well, it looked like you all celebrated hard. Like, you looked like you had some fun with your friends after the race. Oh, my. I Nobody gave me water. <laughs> the entire day. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> they also like going to Elkron, Emma's Elkron is insane. I don't know if you saw videos of that, but like just champagne everywhere. Oh, really? I had so much champagne in my eyes that day. Luckily, um, I had a nice outfit on, so they didn't want to spray me with, with the champagne the other day, but um, it was so, so much fun. And like, just again, their excitement for me, like I was just so like astounded that they all wanted to come to a marathon and cheer me on. Like that was very, very special. And for them to stay afterwards and celebrate in the way that they did with me is just, it's unforgettable. Were you feeling good though? Like, were you like, I need to get to bed or were you like able to like soldier on? I, I was on a high. I was feeling great. Like, I think when you run really, really well, it's just kind of like you forget about all like the aches and pains and everything like that. But I will say that that's the best that I've ever felt after a marathon. I think because I figured out the nutrition, so I didn't feel like I was going to throw up the rest of the day. And then just the shoes, ASIC shoes are just like, you can recover so quick off of those babies. So I am, I'm very happy with those kicks. Yes. I love it. Um, You mentioned beforehand that like you try to stay silly and like, playful before the race, but everybody was getting like super serious, which I imagine you are probably like a small percentage. Like I imagine most elites that are running at your caliber, trying to podium in a major marathon are pretty serious. So like, how do you handle that? I know. And I feel bad because like I'm, I get really chatty beforehand because like it's nervous energy Uh too. 
Um, but I, I have to respect that, like they have their own thing. They get in their zone and they put on their earphones and all those things. And so I, I, I need to be more careful about it, but I, <laughs> cause I can get really annoying. <laughs> I promise it's it's not good. But um, <laughs> it was so nice to see uh, Tim Rossi. So he was uh, helping pace Shalane. So he wasn't going to race his own race. So like I was able to talk with him because he was just in a chiller, chiller mode. So I think I don't know what he's like before his. Uh-huh. But I was able to seek him out and like just kind of have some fun. Yeah, for a little while. Maybe you can flag down like the pacers or something. People that are there to pace. In the they're serious too though no like because they have to go pretty fast and i mean the, they're yeah. 220 pay some of them i mean 211 uh, evidently so they're they're pretty in it as well that's true and their job's on the line in a different way than your job's yeah. on the line yeah exactly exactly they don't want to they don't want to disappoint the people that are that are trying to podium so tell me now like you are a podium finisher for a world marathon major. Like that is a title you will forever hold. How does that feel? It's honestly like still sinking in. And like people keep saying that to me and I'm like, I I don't know if I'll believe it until like maybe even next year, you know, until like you're seeing it in there. And like I, you know, as runners, we just always – want more we just always expect more from ourselves all the time and so like I probably don't appreciate it as much as I should right now but like I'm just looking at the next thing also you know like I want to accomplish more I took second today well I want to win you know the next time so it's like it's funny that like I'll look back on this day very very fondly I know that I will but right now it's just like oh it's just another day you know kind of thing it's like that's I expected to podium and I did it you know executed it you know, as well as I could. But yeah, there's always something more that you want. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I imagine you did expect a podium placing fourth in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that people don't know too, is like, I knew my training, I knew what I was doing and I knew it was going to be really, really good and special. Um, It is always just a great feeling for it to actually come to fruition, but it's, it's not a big shocker in my eyes. Like I, I think what shocked me most was like how fast I ran, Mm. but especially with, with the conditions, but to podium was like, yeah, yeah. I check mark, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> what does Joe talk to you about when you're doing those long training runs and he's on that little bike next to you? Well, when he's not like singing <laughs> uh, top of his lungs to Ed Sheeran, he is just talking about how, you know, it's, it's accumulation of, of the, the stuff that we're doing of the workouts that we're doing. It's, you know, you don't need to have this big day. It's all just about like having really solid days. And so he's just the whole time, like he's been biking with me and just being like, Hey, like, again, the theme of the, the whole cycle was methodical and patient, you know, like you just need to trust what you're doing and trust that like, it's just gonna, you're gonna keep going and be patient with it. You can't force anything and just really run within yourself. And that's how I've always like wanted to run. And so for him just to like be 
saying that to me and, and, and validating what I've always kind of known is just so helpful. Like I don't need a coach yelling at me to run faster or, you know, train harder. It's all about just like, Hey, you know, like you're doing it, you're killing it. Like you don't need to go any faster. You're, you're doing what you need to do, you know? And that's, 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 I love that about him. He's so calm. He's so collected. And, um, until he gets excited and then he's jumping around and doing fist bumps, you know, in the race, but, uh, <laughs> But he is just like such a a good energy to have around. It's it's very 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 appreciated, and I I love having him on all my runs because it's such a good energy, especially when he's when he's singing along. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like you play the the races that you have run, the marathons that you have run. Obviously, you're gonna push as hard as you can. Like you're, yeah. you don't need to be screamed at to run faster in a workout. You're not going to sell yourself short in a workout. You know, by now that you don't want to do that. Yeah. This is my job. Like I'm not just doing this for, you know, the heck of it. Like I want to be out here, you know, pushing myself as much as I can. Absolutely. I think that's so important too. the like patience and methodical. And I think that everyday runners really need to like listen to that bit of advice because you can't crush every single workout and like run yourself to the ground. You have to be patient and you have to be methodical and you have to let this build. And like he said, it's not this one magic day. It's like the accumulation of all of this work. Exactly. It's, I mean, he always says like to give 80% every day because that's, I mean, maybe not in like track sessions and stuff like that, but for the marathon, like, especially when you're running as much as you are, I was running, you know, like 120 mile weeks, like that is going to do enough in itself. Like, it's so funny watching, I mean, especially a lot of people in Boulder, they're just like hammering workouts and like, it just doesn't pan out for them on the day because like you're using up all of that energy, those stores that you have for, you know, the race and, and putting it into these workouts that don't matter. Like you don't need to be a workout workout warrior. You just need to execute what, what you planned on doing. And, and as long as you can accomplish that, then, I mean, it's just going to keep building on itself. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like I see so many overtrainers and then just can't, can't pull it together on race day and it's just like there's just so much overtraining going on so listen up everybody so yes. wait but you you peaked out at 120 I remember when I interviewed you in 2018 when you ran CIM you were running around 100 miles a week right so is this your highest that you've ever done this is yeah and to do it at altitude is like I was a little nervous at first but I felt so good. And like, it's funny because everybody on my team was like, Emma, you're running 120 mile weeks and you have the most energy we've ever seen of, of you and everybody that's ever done a marathon. And so like, it's weird that the more that I run, the better I feel and the more energy I have. And so to a, to an extent, like, I'm not going to say like, oh, I can go out and run 150 mile weeks and feel great. But um, it's, yeah, it's really, really surprising that 120 mile weeks were, were comfortable here. That's awesome. Hey, everybody, a quick break here to thank Koala Clip for supporting this episode of the podcast. I don't know about you, but for years I spent trying to figure out how the heck I need to carry my phone on my run. Actually, I feel like I spent years just holding my phone and carrying it while I ran. Well, the Koala Clip is a super simple way to just clip it right into the back of your Razorback sports bra. You stick your phone in there. If you are parking somewhere to go run, you can stick your key in there as well put your ID in there. It is big enough to hold all those things and it doesn't jostle around or move around. It just sits right in place 
I use it every single time I run. Super proud of Christina and just excited for her. She's the founder of Koala Clip for having this vision and creating a product that works really well and just going after her dream of getting it in the hands of as many runners as she can. So whether you're running, biking, whatever active thing you're doing, Koala Clip is a great way to carry your phone with you on the go. Not to mention, I put my phone in my Koala Clip just like inside my purse in case something spills or my kid grabs my phone and drops it. It's just that extra bit of protection. You all can save when you go to koalaclip.com. Use the code ANOTHER and that'll get you 10% off your order. This is also a great gift idea. So if you're thinking about getting anybody something for the holidays, this is a fun gift to give the runner friends in your life or a good stocking stuffer idea. So again, go to koalaclip.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. Okay, back to the show. Okay, Emma, I'm not going to take much more of your time. Let's wrap this up. We've done into podcast questions with you. You've been on the show before. I can't believe it's almost been three years. I'm kind of surprised I haven't had you back on since then. Yeah, yeah. You should ask me more. I know. Let's make it a regular thing. We'll do at least yearly. No, weekly. Oh, weekly. Okay, I love that. Um, So... I'm sure things have changed a little bit since we talked three years ago. I did. We did chat briefly before the Olympic trials, though, in the hotel. I don't know if you remember that. Very quick. It was a chaotic day, but like, I yes, (laughs) I met met your son. Yes, Marshall. Um, Okay. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, well, I am actually, so my teammate, Gabby Jennings, she put me on to, um, what is it? Oh gosh, I'm totally blanking on the name. Throne of Glass, Throne of Glass series. Okay. It's like fan- these fantasy books. Um, I I love it. It's about like this girl that just like is a total badass, and she like um, is a an assassin, and she like goes to all these places and tries to like free slaves and like do her thing, and she just like has so much value in like just other people and just cares so much about other people, and it's just really inspiring and like it's kind of nerdy, but like I love it, and so yeah, Throne of Glass series is my favorite right now. It's always like my favorite book is always like the book that I'm reading right now. Yeah, no, I yeah. feel you. Um, is it young adult? yeah I would say so okay (laughs) it's probably too young for me but I don't care (laughs) well no I mean it took me forever back in the day when like Twilight and um what is it Katniss what is that oh Game of Thrones Hunger Games Hunger Games like I was a little bit behind everybody else on those but once I read both of those series it was years ago now I loved them so yes so if you like Game of Thrones and Hunger Games Throne of Glass is way to go okay I've never done Game of Thrones I feel like it's like too violent for my liking yeah it's like it's like in between okay okay yeah Um, yeah. (laughs) because I don't feel like I ever like tend to lean towards books like that but like Mm -hmm. when something's so freaking popular I'm like there's gotta be a reason it's like everybody loves it and so I I was super into both of those series so yes awesome so yeah definitely recommend it okay and side note um I watched Hunger Games, the first um, uh, the first movie with my oldest son. And I was like, this is so fun because I, it's actually fun for me to watch. And you're big enough now that like you can enjoy it, too. And share in that. Yeah. That's, I love it. Oh, so fun. yes. How um, old is he? He's Sorry. nine. Nine. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. my gosh. 
I mean, it's a little violent, but. Uh. Well, <laughs> I mean, there's more violent things out there. So yeah, <laughs> so, there's some value in it. There's a lot of good values in that. Totally. Yes. Yes. There are some slow parts where he was definitely a little bit bored, but I was like, <laughs> but don't you get it? Look, 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 you know? Yeah. <laughs> you got to hype it up. You're there for that reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, what are you listening to? Like the morning of your race, do you have headphones in? Are you listening to any music? I don't actually. And and that's the thing. Like, I think I always listen to music when I was like in high school and college. And the moment I start listening to music before a race, I just start to get way too nervous because it brings me to like those times when I was really nervous. And so I just can't, like, I can't do it. So, um, but when I am listening to music just any other time, like I really like to listen to classical music when I'm doing like longer tempos. And so like if I'm by myself doing a longer tempo, like classical music for some reason, it's just like keeps me calm, but like it also like builds so much at the right times that it, it kind of like gets you into a rhythm and it, I really like that, yeah. Do you have a playlist you use on Spotify for that? Yeah, I call it classical shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can we find it? Yeah, yeah, I can I can send it to you. Send too. it to uh, me. I'll put it in the show notes. Perfect. <laughs> I just want to try it. Like I don't I feel like it's not my jam, but I want to try it. Yeah, yeah. I I just told a friend to do it and he said that he had the best tempo of his life. So, I mean, there's something. Okay. That. <laughs> all right, everybody get on that. Um, all right, Emma, what what message from, you know, the past couple years, Chicago, this new season of life for you, what message do you have to leave our audience with? Just enjoy, like enjoy whatever it is that you have in your life that makes you happy. Like I think that um, I just wasted so much time just, you know, focusing on these goals of mine and um, whether it be in running or just life in general that I lost sight of just like enjoying myself in the moment. And I think that has changed my entire perspective on on not just running but life and just my my whole outlook has been just happiness like just take in all the energy of those around you and just feel that in your in your whole life and just really I don't know I'm, I'm trying to put it into words that like makes sense in a way that like I'm oh I just am so happy right now and like I don't know how I got here but I know that everybody around me had a part in that and I need to express gratitude in that. So I don't know. I get really rambly. I'm so sorry. I like, <laughs> it's so bad. I like try to be so profound and it just comes out as like, blah, blah, blah. no, you know what? The last, that question is always like, Oh, you know, I used to say, what is your last message? What is your message to the world? And I started changing it to like, your message to the audience because then people can kind of tailor it to like what they're going through right now or you know whatever the topic is I think it's I think it was too broad that I was like trying to cover everything (laughs) that's good though no and I think what I took from that is like like lean into people when you're going through something you translate it for me thank you (laughs) (laughs) because Like, I don't know about you, but like when I'm going through something hard or when I'm in my head about something, I sometimes want to like get reclusive and like hide Mm -hmm. out and not see people. But I know that like if I actually like reach out to someone or like immerse myself with other humans that aren't just my family, um, Mm. it's going to be better. But it's sometimes really hard to like 
push yourself to do that? It's really hard. And I think that, you know, with the pandemic and everything that it it made us even more reclusive and more isolated. And we like took comfort in that and got used to that. And I think that, um, you know, immersing back into society eventually, like once things are a little bit more back to normal, um, hopefully people will understand that like, we can't take this for granted. We can't take the social interactions and we, you know, really need to value the the people that we have in our lives a little bit more. So yeah, yeah. I truly believe that like we were created and meant to like live in community. And when we hide away from that, we're just, we're not serving ourselves and we're not serving the people that would benefit from us being in community with them. Yes. Yes. You don't understand how much you mean to somebody until like, you know, you, you lose them as a friend or aren't talking to them anymore. You know, like I've, I've realized that relationships, um, again, like they're a lot of work, but they're worth it because you get so much from them. They get so much for you from you. And like, it's just a really special connection that you can make. And, um, it's more impactful, um, than, than you really realize. Yeah, so go text your friend that you haven't talked to in a week, everybody, or call them. Yes. Pick up the yes. phone. Phones are good, yes, which reminds me, I need to call a few people here. <laughs> I know. La- oh, last thing I'll say on that, I was like having the worst day last, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, I can't keep track, but anyway, um, I ended up calling one of my girlfriends from back home in Indiana and we talked for like 45 minutes and then I was like a brand new person and I'm like "Ah, I just need to do that more often you feel so good and you just feel like so rejuvenated yeah it's crazy what people can do what friends can do you know totally yes okay Emma well thanks for thanks for doing this post race I'm sure you're kind of bombarded and have a lot to do so I appreciate you spending 45 minutes with me I was so happy to do it. Thank you so much for asking me. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Emma, for giving us your time and congratulations. We are all so excited for you. You all can find Emma on social media. She is Emma Janelle Bates on Instagram. She is a fun follow if I do say so. Uh, You can find me on Instagram. I am lindsayhine626 on Instagram and I'm Lindsay Hine on Twitter. We also have a Facebook group for this page, which I think is pretty cool. Lots of fun interactions over there. Race recaps, sharing about upcoming races from different people in the group. And I'm reading the book War by Stacey Sims and people are kind of following along over there. You can join us. I'll have another podcast when you search Facebook groups. I am super thankful you all are here today. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network. Check us out on Instagram and learn more about our other shows in the network, including my new-ish podcast for parents called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Okay, have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we'll see you next Friday.